Hello and welcome to Influence by Fitby. We bring you the life stories of the world's most popular people, influencers, how they started, what they do and where they plan to be. Tune in every week to follow the journey. Maybe you're a budding influencer looking for some tips or perhaps you're a brand looking to kick off an influencer marketing campaign. At Influence by Fitby, you'll hear it from the horse's mouth. Interested? Then subscribe, sit back and listen. And if you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a positive review. Enjoy. On this episode, we chat to full-time blogger and influencer Elise, aka WT Fab, who explains how she became a full-time blogger and how she made money playing basketball. If you're an influencer and would like to feature on our podcast or a brand looking to sponsor an episode, feel free to get in touch by emailing team at fitby.agency. So listen on and get to know more about Elise. Hello and welcome to the Influence Podcast. Today we're speaking to Elise and how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. Would you mind telling the listeners a bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so my name is Elise Armitage, and I write the travel and lifestyle blog, What the Fab. And I started it um, seven years ago this summer. Um, for a while, it was my side hustle, and I was working on it nights and weekends while also working full-time. Um, I was at a communications agency um, to begin with, and then the last five years had been at Google doing events and branding and marketing. And then just recently at the beginning of this year, 2019, I took the plunge and have been focused on what the fab full time. Amazing. And so interesting to hear that you went from side hustle to full time job. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of listeners will appreciate and understand and hopefully take some advice from that you don't have to go for the full time life of blogging until you can kind of make ends meet? Yeah, definitely. I think there were a lot of pros um, and positive things that came from working on my blog as a side hustle for so many years while I had my full-time job. Um, And I I had a great job at Google that I really loved and enjoyed, but I always just in the back of my mind knew that, you know, someday I wanted to have my own business. Um, But having that full-time job and you know the benefits and the salary allowed me to experiment a lot with my blog and you know kind of push the boundaries and try different things and invest in it when it came to like hiring a graphic designer and a web developer and a branding expert um, SEO consultant all those kinds of things that you know if I had just taken the plunge immediately and tried to do it full-time I probably would have tried to like kind of scrimp and save and maybe not invest as much in it so uh, it was definitely I think a a good choice for me. Sure thing. Um, Tell us about your Instagram feed. What does it stand for? Oh good question. Uh, For my Instagram feed you know I never want someone a follower or reader to look at it and feel bad about themselves. I think there's a lot of conversation right now about the effects of social media and how it can hurt your self-esteem. When I have someone looking at my feed, I really want them to feel inspired and motivated to try something new, go somewhere new, 
you know, put together an outfit that maybe is a little bit outside of their normal comfort zone, but makes them feel great. And so I try to sprinkle in some posts with what I call real talk. And so that will usually involve a long caption that uh, might not be as flowery and, and pretty as what you would see on like a typical Instagram feed. Um, but, you know, talking about things like body positivity or a failure that I recently had, a lesson learned, just something like tough that might be a challenge or uh, a difficult learning that I think could be helpful to share with people. And people have responded really well to those types of posts. I think you're right there. And I think from well, everyone's starting to realize that authenticity and transparency are key to having a successful um, Instagram account or any sort of social media account. I think that people that follow people now are wise to, to what's real and what's not. So as much as those flowery, beautiful pictures might look nice, sometimes people just want the truth um, from the person they're following. So um, I think that's probably why you're so engaging. But uh, hey, who am I to say? It's just my hunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I think, um, you know, a couple of years ago, it was, that was the trend. Like everybody wanted to see the perfect, beautiful, well-lit photos and maybe a witty or funny caption or something simple. And then over the last year or so, I think people are really craving hearing a little bit more of like what's going on behind the scenes because, you know, Instagram is that highlights reel but no one's life is that picture-perfect Instagram feed. Agreed. Your Instagram account is pretty popular. Um, can you tell us how you got to where you are today? Yeah, I receive a lot of questions about that from, from people that are trying to grow their accounts as well. And to be totally honest, I think if I were starting from scratch and trying to grow an Instagram feed, Today, it would be very different than how I grew it a few years ago. So a few years ago, people were so, Instagram was still relatively new. People were looking for new people to follow. So I would spend hours just engaging on Instagram, like following similar accounts, commenting, liking, and that would bring back so much return for me. I would get so many new you know, followers and engagement on my account. And now I spend time engaging and it's like, it's almost like crickets sometimes. Like it's, it's definitely frustrating. You can spend so much time trying to grow your audience and engaging with other accounts. And, you know, the return is just so much smaller than what it used to be. So the things that I used to do uh, for growing my account and just engaging on the app don't necessarily work as well now that the app is so saturated. But I still think that, you know, creating beautiful content is the the number one thing. I'll get people that message me and they're like, how do I grow my account? And their photos just are not, you know, well lit, not well composed. And, and that's like step number one. So creating content that is really uh, aesthetically pleasing and that people are going to be excited to, to have show up on their feed would be step number one. And then figuring out like what your your voice is and your style because there are so many accounts out there that people can follow. So if you have something that you feel like is unique for you, a unique story to tell, um, I've, I've noticed that accounts that are really specific in what they focus on do really well. Um, I think those are really helpful for keeping in mind if you're trying to grow a following. And maybe consistency as well, posting regularly. Uh, would you Absolutely. say that's a big thing? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a big thing, first of all, just for your followers to know that you're going to have consistently fresh content and then also for the Instagram algorithm as well. I mean, you're coming from a tech background, um, pre-blogging and during blogging. Do you have any more tips or um, inside tricks um, that people can work with to kind of navigate their way around this algorithm update? I think the be the best thing to do is just to know that Instagram is constantly changing the algorithm. Like you're never going to be like, oh, I've cracked the algorithm and like have it <laughs> solved forever. Um, but when you are using the app, like think about what benefits Instagram. Instagram wants people's eyes on the app as long as possible. That's how they, you know, grow their user base and have those great numbers to share with the stakeholders. Um, it's how they have more eyes on the sponsored posts and ads that, you know, businesses run through Instagram. So look at what the app is doing in terms of when there's an update and, okay, I see that IGTV videos are now popping up on my feed more frequently. Like start playing with IGTV because Instagram is obviously promoting that. They want users' eyes glued to those videos for as long as possible. Um, same thing with like stories. Those are at the very top when you're at your home um, page now. So what is it that Instagram is prioritizing and how can you kind of crack into that and sort of like play, um, kind of not game the algorithm, but like use it to your advantage? You know what, that sounds like solid advice, and I'm sure many people listening will take advantage of that, so thank you. Yeah. A lot of people are reluctant to use the term influencer. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's so funny. Influencer has become like this dirty word, and I don't necessarily use it. Uh, like if, if someone asked me like, oh, so you're an influencer, then I would say yes, but if someone asked me you know, what do you do? I would never say I'm an influencer. Um, I think I remember the very first time I heard the term influencer was um, like years ago, probably like five years ago, I was on a press trip with the New Orleans Tourism Board. And it was like so exciting. It was my first ever press trip. And one of the PR gals that was coordinating a lot of our activities, um, we ran into a colleague of hers and she was like, oh, I'd like to introduce you to my influencers. And I was like, ooh, like that's such a great word. And now it's like this dirty word and everybody's like, ugh, influencers. Um, I think I, I understand why there's that kind of feeling of frustration and contempt uh, when it comes to that term. I think it's such a it encompasses such a broad range of people and so some influencers are really not influencers at all but they call themselves that and they you know might put out some content and um not really take it seriously as a job and then other influencers are you know creating these incredible businesses and product lines and launches and and really entrepreneurs um and I think also it can be frustrating for people when they don't really understand all of the behind the scenes and work that goes into um, being an influencer or a content creator. And then they see bloggers getting free stuff and going on press trips. And that can be really frustrating to like 
think that it's so easy and they, you know, have the, this like easy lifestyle where they get all these free things. Um, but I think a lot of that just comes from a misunderstanding of not really appreciating how much hard work goes into it behind the scenes. How did it feel when you first realized that you had influence? <laughs> I um, remember I did a post for um, a company that, that makes kind of like, um, like vegan options. So like almond milk and, and things like that. Sure. And I ran into a friend of a friend a few days after that post went live and I really didn't know this person very well. They're just an acquaintance. And she told me, oh, I saw your post. And then I was at the store and I bought this almond milk. And it's so great. And I love it. And I was like, whoa, like, I influenced this person to buy this thing. I mean, this was like early on in my blogging days. And it was just like, you know, I, I knew that people read my blog. But to actually meet someone in person that was like, I saw your post. And I saw this product at the store and I bought it. it was like, wow, this really, this whole influence thing like really works. And then I also had this realization that it's super important for me to make sure that what I'm putting on my blog is something that I can stand behind a hundred percent. Like I, I always want to have like my best friend or my sister in mind when I'm writing my posts and I would never want to like steer them wrong and, you know, recommend a product that they end up hating and have somebody that I care about, I care about, you know, anybody that's reading my, my blog, I don't want them to spend their hard earned money on something that they're not going to love. So that was kind of the realization that I had that like, I really need to be intentional about what it is that I'm sharing on my blog, because it does have real influence. Absolutely, there are consequences, aren't there? And I think it's mm -hmm. super humbling to hear that people listen to influences so um so well and and we're all influenced in one way or another and i think it's um yeah it's it's pretty powerful stuff yeah um we touched on this earlier but do you feel the pressure of social media mm -hmm. yeah i think especially because it's my full-time job now it's really easy to get sucked into it and to feel like oh a photo that I posted on Instagram didn't, you know, do as well in terms of likes as my photos normally do. Like what's wrong with me? What's wrong with everything? It's really easy to spiral downwards and to play the comparison game. And, you know, I see other bloggers that might have landed a campaign or a press trip that I didn't get. And that feels frustrating. So especially now that it's my full-time job, I really just try to focus on putting out the best content that I can creating posts that are meaningful and helpful for people. Instagram is, to be honest, I don't get as much joy out of it as I used to. I feel like years ago, I had so much fun posting on it and just like creating content and photos and videos that I was really proud of. And engagement wasn't necessarily something that I was even thinking about. It was just like putting out content and being proud of that. And that was really fun for me. Now I see where like I might miss out on a brand campaign because they're like, oh, actually we're looking for someone with 10% engagement rate. And I'm like, okay, well, that's just not me. That's not my account. And it's really hard to um, feel left out of those types of opportunities because of these 
numbers. So I just really try to focus on the things that I can control. You know, I can control creating content that I'm really proud of. On my blog, I I still post three or four days a week. Um, some people say like, oh, blogging's dead. But I, I really disagree with that. I think that blog posts are really where I can connect with people on a more meaningful level sometimes, especially when it comes to travel posts and sharing like really detailed itineraries and links and like recommendations. When someone's planning a trip to Rome and they look at my all my Rome posts about like an in-depth travel guide and the best pasta in Rome and where to stay and Airbnb and hotel reviews, that's where I see people like really engaging and clicking through and asking questions and where I feel like I'm providing a lot of value. Really interesting stuff there. And I think there are a few nuggets in there for anyone that's, again, starting a social media journey as to what you've done and what works for you. So that's um, super interesting. Can you name some good and bad experiences you've encountered on Instagram? Sure. Um, for a good experience, I mean, a, a few come to mind that just like really make me smile. One of them was after I did a one of those like real talk type of posts. And um, actually that post was touching on probably the, the negative experience, which was receiving some just hateful um, body shaming comments from men on Instagram. And how it, you know, it doesn't happen that often to me, but even so, it still is really upsetting and angering. And at first, like I was feeling bad about about myself and then I just got angry because I'm like why am I letting these like strangers these like men on the internet make me feel bad about myself and my body like that's absolutely insane uh, so I wrote a post about that and then a few years or a few months sorry um, and then a few days later I got a message from a young girl and she was like hey I really appreciated that post that you did um, about body shaming and strangers on the internet. And I actually included you in this essay that I wrote um, for my, you know, eighth grade, like, English class. And I was just like, oh, my, like, it made me cry. I asked her if she could send me the essay so I could read it. And it was so awesome to just feel like, because I had decided to, to speak out about this incident that happened to me, it influenced someone to like, write this paper about the the positive side of social media um, and including me in it so that that definitely felt great wow that's super powerful and to think that you're touching people as young as eighth graders that then would go on to write about you i mean that's that's what it's all about really it's about spreading positivity and i think you've just turned a negative into a huge positive in doing that. So um, great, great stuff. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. And I think it was also like another one of those moments where I had a realization that's like, there are young people following me on Instagram too. And so it is important, like the brands that I choose to work with and um, the types of, of messages that I'm spreading, you know, on, on my platform and on the internet and I've had opportunities to work with other brands that um, maybe aren't necessarily as like body positive. Um, I, I wouldn't call myself like a body positive blogger. That's not something that I really focus on, but I do try to be encouraging and positive. And um, some of the, the brands that I've had opportunities to work with, but declined would be like cool sculpting. Um, I don't know if that's 
a popular thing in the UK, but it's like all the rage right now in the States. And it's, you know, the idea it's like FDA approved and you can basically like freeze your fat and like, you know, get abs or like smaller arms or whatever. And it's like so enticing. And I see bloggers working with these brands and I've had a couple of them reach out to me and offer like thousands of dollars worth of cool sculpting sessions in exchange for an Instagram post. And at first I'm like, yes, I want to do that. Like, do I want abs? Of course. Um, But then I I have to take a step back and think about, you know, what message does that send to that eighth grade girl that wrote, you know, her essay about body positivity and positivity on social media? Like, I don't want to have to do a post for this cool sculpting brand and make my followers think that they need to be changing their bodies too. They need to be spending thousands of dollars on this like, you know, crazy new FDA approved um, procedure to make them thinner or slimmer. Um, So that, that whole experience with the eighth grader that messaged me was also a good um, like moment of reflection. That's so interesting and something that I've spoken about before, how it can cost money to keep your integrity intact. And I think that's what happened to you there. You've remained, your integrity still intact. And obviously in turning down work, you've lost money. But I think for long-term growth, um, you'll definitely reap the rewards of doing so. So um, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, Where are most of your followers based? Most of them are in the U.S. Um, I have, it's really interesting to look at like my analytics on Instagram and also my Google analytics. Um, Most of them are in the U.S., but then also other English speaking countries, Canada, Australia, UK. And then I get some people from all over the world, really. I mean, it's, it's always kind of, it's still fun for me when I see like, oh, there's someone on my site right now from like the Philippines. Like, how did they come across my blog? Um, but yeah, mostly US based. Interesting. And you touched on this earlier, um, but are you enjoying influencing when you have so many people that depend on your content to an extent? That's a great question. I think, yes, definitely. But I do think that as soon as you make something your full-time job, it changes things. You know, there are a lot of elements that are involved in that. So having people reading my site or engaging with my Instagram content, like that's all amazing and wonderful. I think it's really the moment that I decided like, okay, this is my full-time business and um, how I'm going to make ends meet, there's kind of a, a switch that changes there and it can feel like a lot more pressure um, and become a lot more stressful very quickly. Uh, but overall, I'm really glad that I took the leap and I'm really, really enjoying it. Cool. Slightly off topic, but what do you think about Instagram potentially removing likes? Yeah, I'm kind of waiting to see if that's going to happen here in the States. Um, I, If I had to choose one way or another, I would say, yeah, go ahead, remove them. Because I I know that like when I'm negotiating with brands for um, partnerships and campaign deals, they're just going to ask for those numbers anyways. I think it'll put a little bit more emphasis on things like impressions and um, those other kind of back-end numbers that, that we can see on our business accounts. I think that likes have kind of lost a bit of their meaning um, just overall across the app. 
engagement with likes has gone down. I think people just don't really feel the need to like double tap everything that they see or that they like um, anymore versus like a few years ago, that was more um, part of how people use the app. So I, I think it's fine. And the, w- there's still numbers and metrics that content creators and influencers will be using and sharing with brands when they're kind of figuring out how to value their posts and negotiating with brands and so forth. Agreed. I think that it will be a good thing. I think it will actually release a lot of pressure from people, which then you can start talking about mental health, um, which will potentially be a lot better with the you know uh, reduced pressure um, mm-hmm. that likes adds to a lot of people's lives. Um, so that, that's that's a good thing as well. Um, are you strict with what you post on your feed? Oh, good question. I think as long as it's something that is comes naturally and um, makes sense for for my lifestyle, then I can incorporate it into my feed. I I am strict with like the cadence with which I'm posting. I think also because engagement across the app has gone down a bit, I don't feel the need to be posting every single day. Whereas a few like years ago, I was posting probably like six or seven days a week, like sometimes even twice a day. And so now I'm a little bit more spaced out. I'll probably post, you know, three or four times throughout the week as opposed to every single day. So it does kind of, make it so that if I have a lot of like brand campaigns or things that I I need to post um those can kind of get backed up so spacing those out can be difficult um and then I also just really try to make sure that every image is on brand for me and and makes sense cool can you name an account that you love and check out regularly Yes. Um, I recently came across, I mean, she's like blowing up right now, but officially Quigley. Uh, she's super cute and her photos are beautiful, but she has really thoughtful captions. And I think that's why she's really blown up over this year. Um, she has an interesting story. She was on American Idol when she was like pretty young, I think 22. And she just got torn apart. Like her performance, you know, Simon was super mean. Everybody was super mean, even the nice judges. Yeah. And it was, I watched it because she talks about it in some of her posts. And I was like, okay, I want to see what happened. And it was just heartbreaking. Like I just got, you know, that pit in my stomach watching these judges like tear apart this young girl. Um, But she writes a lot in her captions about how um, she's kind of used that as a, a catalyst for like figuring out what it is that she really wants to do, finding her creative voice and like overcoming challenges. So she, she couples these beautiful images with thoughtful captions and posts. And I really enjoy checking out her account and just kind of seeing, you know, what new musings or thoughts she's had that day or that week. And obviously a lot of other people are enjoying that too, because she's really been growing a lot this year. Excellent. Um, definitely check her out here and see what she's all about. She sounds great. Which brands would you like to work with? Ooh. I've, I am always looking for travel brands that make sense for partnerships. I think that 
especially with the influencer industry becoming more saturated, it's getting harder and harder to connect with brands that are focused on travel. Um, so like higher end airlines and hotels. And it's interesting because I might work with a hotel brand in one city, uh, but then in another city, you know, it's managed by a completely different PR team or agency or, or what have you. And so it's, it's hard to kind of like have that continuity. Like I would love to have a, a luxury hotel brand that I partner with and work with at different cities, like throughout the world. Um, but it's kind of tricky navigating that like corporate behind the scenes communications. Can you name some brands? Just that we like to put these affirmations out there. And oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, let us do it. <laughs> uh, well, for airlines, like Qatar Airlines would be would be amazing. Um, for hotel brands, um, I've worked with the Four Seasons a couple times in different cities, but like would love to partner with them in in different locations. Um, I think any kind of like luxury um, travel brands would be like a total dream or even like magazines like travel and leisure um or or like guidebooks like lonely planet something like that um could be like a really interesting partnership excellent and let's see what happens within the next six months or 12 months <laughs> and we'll circle back to this podcast and be like you see you know we've we've spread the greater good and now look elise has got the brand she put out there Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be great <laughs> what does a perfect day look like to you Ooh. I really love when my husband and I, my husband is also the photographer for my blog. Um, for me, a perfect day would be us in a new location, traveling somewhere. We get up, I'm not a morning person, but we get up relatively early. We go out and explore, experience new things shoot awesome photos, enjoy ourselves, experience new foods, um, and just exploring a new destination together is always super exciting. And then we both love the photography and content um, side of it as well. So combining that like exploration and content creation and experiencing new things, that's kind of like the perfect day. Sounds pretty perfect to me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> what's one thing that not many people know about you hmm. well this is kind of like my fun fact that I always use when like you're playing an icebreaker and they ask <laughs> that type of question but when I was 12 years old I won a um a ten thousand dollar prize at a WNBA game I got like pulled out onto the court during halftime and put into this free throw shooting contest and it was like super exciting I was so nervous I was like shaking and um, I ended up winning no way oh my <laughs> god that is amazing <laughs> yeah it was pretty exciting wow Great stuff. Did you have to pay tax on that? Or was that like tax free? Oh, yeah. I had to pay tax. And then, you know, I was 12. Like, what am I going to do with that money? So my parents put it into a, a college tuition, you know, fund. And I think they gave me like a couple hundred bucks to be like, okay, you can, you know, go shopping for whatever it is that 12 year olds want. But yeah, most of it went to my college tuition. I love it. Great stuff. <laughs> what are your plans for the future? 
Well, it's been a little over a half a year since I have been doing my blog full time. And I have uh, just kind of a few goals that I've really been working on as I think about my business and, and longevity of it. And one of those goals is to really increase traffic and page views to my site. So even though Instagram is so hot right now and definitely important and key for my business, I would love to move to a place where I'm generating more of my revenue through ads and affiliate links on my website because I just feel like my site is what I own. And Instagram is, who knows, like in five years, if Instagram is still going to be the hot social media platform. But if I can really control the content and grow my traffic over on my website, then I feel like that'll be a good game plan for me. So that's something that I've been really focused on and will continue to focus on um, for the foreseeable future. That sounds really interesting. Um, Have you or are you on Medium as a blogger as well? I'm not. No, I haven't checked that out. I mean, you can make money on that as well. So it's, it's it can be a good way to um, see a return, maybe of a shorter period of time than it would do to lift your own personal blog to a place where it starts to generate revenue. Um, oh, interesting. Definitely worth checking out, especially yeah. with your background. It, it makes a lot of sense, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the pro tip. Uh, check it out. Um, For those people listening to you for the first time, what's your Instagram handle and how can they see your blog? Yeah, so my Instagram handle is WTFab and then my blog, What the Fab, the URL is w-t-fab.com. Excellent. Great stuff, Elise. Thank you so much for today. This has been so insightful and interesting, just as we imagined. Oh, thank you so much. It was so fun chatting with you all. Insightful, one word used to summarize Elise. Great to speak to her. If you're an influencer and would like to feature on our podcast or a brand looking to sponsor an episode, feel free to get in touch by emailing team at fitby.agency. And if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe and rate the podcast as it really helps.